tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Howdy, folks. Happy Tuesday. We're here. We're going to discuss a lot of things, a lot of news. There was a minor trade last night, some coaches that are in trouble. One, I think, could lose his job based on the way his team is playing. The other one, well, we don't know. Um, we'll talk about that in a few minutes. We'll have act today, uh, but we'll start with our pre-show. Go ahead, Ross. So Major League Baseball right now is talking about wiping out the minor leagues. Just 42 teams gone. And the, now, did, they, did they say single A, double A, like what level? I think it's all levels. Okay. So like 42 teams would go. The problem with this is a lot of stadiums are publicly funded. There's a lot of jobs tied to it. And it does affect the economy of a lot of areas. So a Major League Baseball may be looking at it from a back room and a bean counter standpoint. It affects more than that. Uh, right now, Bernie Sanders is going to talk to Rob Manfred, which I think is good. And I think a lot of congressmen and senators should talk to him because I think they all should remind Rob Manfred that they have antitrust exemption. Right. And they could change that with a magic vote that would all of a sudden have MLB paying a lot more tax like a real business instead of being like a public trust. And I think this is where Rob Manfred has to look at this carefully and not just look at what could be a savings because, you know, they're trying to give you this hocus pocus that it's going to be better for development. They can use colleges for development. This isn't the NBA. It doesn't work that way. Right. There's not enough colleges to do it. This You have to have a minor leagues. You have to. And if they do away with a lot of this, they will ruin some areas. There's no question about it. Some stadiums will go empty. There'll be jobs lost. And I'm glad at least Manfred's going to talk about it and not just do it. Because, again, what do you think? Like the antitrust, that's a massive thing that they could do that. And they've had that since Kennesaw Mountain Landis. They've had right. that, I think, actually may have been, even been before. It may have been before. Yeah, I think he was somehow involved because he was a federal judge yes. before, before uh, he became commissioner. Um, but – yeah, I mean, this is this is the thing, and you know, Buffalo is a AAA affiliate. They've been an affiliate of Cleveland. They've been an affiliate of uh, uh, Pittsburgh. I think that was AA. The White Sox, a few other teams. Now they're the AAA affiliate of the, of the Blue Jays. It's a good relationship in the sense that you know, the if player gets called up, they only have to drive up the QEW to get to the Blue Jays. Um, there's some regional interest in players, like when they had Guerrero. Um, it would be a shame if, but I think like there would be one of the teams that would not be in danger because they actually make money. They actually are, right. are, are profitable. You know, they, they have, uh, you know, 10,000 people on a Friday night. Yeah. Mostly there for the low price beer, but that's doesn't really matter. And they're there oh, for aside from you. I mean, we're just talking about other people. Right. I'm there for the hot dogs. Um, <laughs> it used to be peanuts too, Mike. Let's be real. Well, yeah, that guy died. So what the hell can we do? 
Um, but, <laughs> but, uh, but, but just, yeah, just, the, the, I mean, I would think that these 40 some odd teams that they're probably looking to get out of are ones that could be rookie ball, single a ones that don't make a lot of profit, the ones that people don't go, go to. And, but to the point, it's like, you're going down the road where they've tried this before. Other leagues have tried eliminating developmental leagues because they're not profitable, but you need them to develop your talent. So yeah. I, I don't know why, you know, they go down this road. I mean, it, it takes money and it takes time to develop talent. Yeah, it does. And you can't just magically develop it all in college. You know, it's more involved than that. You also have to worry about, and again, I don't know how many teams would survive this. I, I haven't seen the number, but as an example, when you're signing your, your, your Latin American free agents and your Dominican free agents mm -hmm. and your Japanese free agents, you know, not all of them go straight to the majors. Japanese ones generally do. But the Dominican and, and Latin ones don't. And well, so you, you know what's going to happen, though, if this actually goes through. And believe me, Manfred has has proposed things that are just, I mean, they're just asinine. They really are. Right. I mean, not only, you know, like, I mean, some people think the DH in the National League is an eventuality. I, I still don't. I think there are enough people out there that are that are traditionalists that they want they won't they won't go that direction. Um, you know the robot umpires and things of that nature. The clock for the for the for the for the pitcher. Um, I've even heard the student. You know, it's like a softball thing. Like, we'll start the start the count one and one. Yeah, no, don't do that. I mean, okay. I mean. Okay, are you going to basically make it into slow pitch softball? Are you going to do it that so you can, you know, baseball is not hockey. It's not football. It's not basketball. No. There is no time limit. Right. That's one of the things that people like about it. Now, yeah. you know, in August when there's a doubleheader and it's 100 degrees outside and you're playing a game at 11 o'clock in the morning because it, uh, it, uh, it was canceled in April because it was a monsoon, okay, but – you know, that's that's very few and far between. Right. And you just sit in the shade, so you don't care. Right. <laughs> hey, I know I know where to sit in Yankee Stadium while other people are melting and they're having ice handed out to them. I'm sitting in the shade drinking a Coke and eating a Hebrew national hot dog and I'm I'm good. Yeah, I just there's a certain pace to baseball that I wish younger fans would understand and maybe if they would look at baseball like the rules. And even if you didn't play, just sort of look at when you play a video game, look at it. I think they would have a different appreciation for it instead of, you know, studying some other things like online games and whatever. Just put like two minutes in. You know, you might like baseball if you actually know it. Well, just to touch on a couple things, baseball, and then we'll get started here. Um, I, Joel Sherman in the New York Post wrote uh, today that the Yankees, the Cashman and and uh, and Aaron Boone went out to California to talk to Garrett Cole and to Strasburg. And basically, like deep down in the story, he said, well, the winter meetings are in California. So they basically went out there two days early. It's like so it wasn't like they made a, this big trip cost cross country to to go see them. They right. were already going out there, so they just, they just left in a day or two early. You know, like, I mean, I, I don't particularly believe that either one of them is going to the Yankees. Right. Um, so, you know, but uh, the other guys in their cars and putting something like that together, we 
they've tried to do that before and it fails miserably. Like it's not an event of anything, but I will say this so far, the off season has gone very slow and I'm not sure how much even the GM meetings are going to heat up. This could be another long winter and waiting for guys to sign. Yeah. And the other thing was, and I wanted to get your comment on it because I saw there's some speculation online that the Mets are going after Josh Hader. A former Brody uh, client. Yes, but but also very uh, – you know, there were some allegations regarding some of his – what was it? Was it Instagram posts or something like that? Yeah, it was Instagram posts with him. Yeah, when he was younger that had a hmm. – yeah. yeah, yeah. Look, the guy can pitch. If they really have to trade Dominic Smith to get him, I don't think I'm in favor of that. If they could trade J.D. Davis and somebody else – I'm more in favor of that. But I just read something where the Mets might have are trying to, because they want to save money, trade Jed Lowry, Jerry's Familia, and Dominic Smith to a team so they could dump the salaries. And it's like, you know, how about sign the right players so you don't have to trade prospects and dump the salaries? I know that's a novel idea. I right? think the the Wilpons are going to use the Bernie Madoffs th thing as an excuse. They can't use it anymore. They make plenty of money. It's I know, but they're going to continue to use it as an excuse in perpetuity, which, I means, know. which means forever. All right. Um, okay, uh, we'll get started here. Um, hello, Hockey World. Today is Tuesday, December 3rd, 2019. I'm Russ Cohen from Sportsology. Check out the Black Widow trailer. It's really good. Who's in the Black Widow trailer? Uh, Scarlett Johansson. She's getting her own movie. Oh, okay. Marvel Universe. Very good. Well, I thumbs up on Scarlett Johansson. And I'm Michael Agello, and this is the Hockey Buzzcast here on HockeyBuzz.com. And if I hear one more complaint about the Irishman being too long. I didn't see it yet, so I don't know. I've seen, you know. I mean, I know it's three hours, three and a half hours, which yeah. for some people, they're instantly out. Well, okay, yeah. I, I wouldn't go to see it in the theater because halfway through I'd have to go to the bathroom. I'm getting to that age. But it's on Netflix. So if you right. can watch episodes of something, you can stop midway through. Right. And that's what I'm going to do with it. All right, um, just sort of collateral damage, and we'll just touch on this again briefly. Or do you want to do the breaking news first? Go ahead. The breaking news is um, just as we thought the Winnipeg Jets had um, settled the uh, ship, uh, Dmitry Kulikov is out until the All-Star break. I don't even know what the injury is, but that is the last place they could get an injury, afford an injury, is on the blue line. Now, it seems like you have to bring up Sam and Niku, right? Like, it just seems like you have to. Yeah, I would think so. I mean, first of all, uh, Kulikov has had a history of injury problems. Yeah, it was weird because now I don't remember if it, his injury problems went back to Florida. I think he was fairly durable then. But I was at a preseason game between the Sabers and the Leafs, and he got checked into the near the boards near or near the the, the Sabers bench. Um, I cannot remember the Leaf that did it. It may have been like a Jay Rosehill type of guy. I, oh, Jay Rosehill, sure. I, I don't know. I, I can't remember for I know. Name. I know the type. Oh, oh, it was uh, Jamie Devane. Jamie, oh, okay. Jamie Devane. So he hits him along the boards right as the door to the to the uh, to the uh, bench was opening. So he got hit and hit the corner of the board where it was open, and it, it screwed up his back. And he had right. been he, he had been acquired by the Sabres with a year left in his contract. 
and they were hoping that he would have a big year leading into free agency, and then you know they would let him go. And he, but he'd he'd have a, a that kind of year, you know, to to sell his wares on free in free agency, and he was hurt. Um, and he's been hurt off and on. Now, this is an injury on top of Bufflin, on top of the fact that they traded Truba. Um, I, I don't know whether uh, Morrissey is back or not. I know that he was out before. But they're, they're just getting hurt in the wrong area all the time. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, he's just had such a weird career. He's 11 years into it. Maybe this is his 12th. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there was thoughts of him being a good offensive player. And that went out the window a long time ago. He's literally only got 164 points. Mm-hmm. He's a minus 52 for his career. Like, I know plus minus isn't everything, but my goodness. It's just this is how bad off sometimes teams are for defense. But now I will say in the Winnipeg system, he's played fairly well as far as a puck-moving defenseman. But that's really what he is. Right. But at this point, they need that. Because, uh, you know, December 1st, they, they put Nathan Below on, on IR. Yeah. So well, they're, you know, they're running out of guys. And it's a shame because – They're actually having a pretty good season. They're having a good season. I just included them in power rankings on the Stick to Hockey podcast. And Connor Hellebuck's having a Vezina-type year. Right. And he's had to based on their oh, yeah. on the on the blue line. Now a funky is a funky a cold. Oh, no, here we go. No, no, he says, would the Jets be interested in Mike Green? And you gotta remember, Funky, is that they can't do anything until they get some clarification on the Buffalo situation. Yeah, and we don't know how long that's gonna be. That they're in cap hell with that. Right. That's that that's a that's a football going back and forth between the PA and the NHL. And like the Jets can say all they want. Well, okay, we need this clarified. They don't care. They're on their own timetable. It could be till after the deadline and then they're screwed. Right. There is nothing law, anything rule that's making them report this any quicker. So we don't know. We don't know what's going on. So they're gonna have to just deal with it from within. But but this is a tough place for them to be in. And, and see, now that Eck gets here, the hockey buzz thing goes right in the middle of my head. I just don't like it. Hey, I'm cut off by the live thing, but that goes that goes away when we when people watch it on YouTube. So you still, can- welcome, welcome Eck in by all means. Hi, Eck. <laughs> Hello. How's that doing? Welcome to the Hockey Buzzcast here on HockeyBuzz.com. Have you heard of it before? <laughs> Thanks. Yes, I have. We were just talking about Kulikov out until late January. Yeah, yeah. I just heard that too. Wow. Yeah, there's a lot. I mean, lots to get into. You guys officially, are we officially in the actual show show? We are live. Yes, yeah, we are live. We're in the show. Oh, no. Okay. We finished our pre-show. Boring baseball stuff. Now we're into hockey. We saved um, Good. The, Mark oh, yeah. Crawford, the Mark Crawford stuff for us yeah why don't you guys start into that a little bit because um, well i will tell you this we yesterday i brought it up on the show yeah and and i made a statement that i can't believe nothing's happened with that yet and literally today something has happened so i'm happy to see the blackhawk act on this but it is very late i mean brent sopel brought this up a year ago yeah and and uh in listening to some shows uh at noon 
Um, they were saying, well, Patrick O'Sullivan brought up stuff about Crawford when he was in LA and things that were related to him. And it was in a book that was over a year ago. Yeah. Plus, you know, some of the allegations that sort of disappeared during the whole Steve Moore Bertuzzi thing. I mean, there's, there are things with Crawford that have rung bells and that have, uh, you know, um, and that now are being brought to the forefront. And as we said yesterday, and we're going to go into all of them because we'll wait till the, to the, yeah. till the, uh, the, at the next shoe gets dropped, but right. there are other coaches with other allegations yep. and we'll see if that, if that, that gets brought up. But now, you know, it all comes from Bab. It all st stems from Babcock and then Akeem Alou with the Bill Peters situation and everybody coming out against Peters. And now it's basically open season on coaches who, you know, did yeah. things that now are not acceptable. Yeah. I mean, I don't think Crawford will be back. I don't. I know he wants to talk about it, but he's waiting for the Blackhawks to finish their investigation. But I don't think he'll be back. I really don't think they're going to want him back. And again, some of these coaches are going to find that this is the end of the line because at the end of the day, and I'll, I'll just say it again: if this is your coaching method, you're a bad coach. Yeah. Well, I'm not a bad person. Well, Ak, and then uh, this is, Ray Ferraro had an interesting uh, point of view on this because. Before the Marner um, thing came out, people were asking, you know, will Babcock get another job? I think we asked that on this show, and we said, yeah, but, but it, depend, it would depend on, like, when he wants to come back, um, that he could come back, like, right away if there was a job that was an opening or if he wanted to wait the year like like Quenville did, he could do that. But you know, if he wants a job, he'll get it. Now the general consensus out there is – you know, that's not necessarily the case. Ferraro said that essentially a guy like Babcock who has coached a certain way for a certain amount of time is going to have to, you know, go through some sort of like sensitivity training or go through some, you know, vetting process where it's like, okay, you cannot do this stuff anymore. Yeah. If you do, you're gone right away. And I don't know if anybody's going to hire Babcock. Peter's definitely not. I'm not sure anybody's going to hire Mike Babcock. And that's what GM is going to want to deal with that. Right. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think so. I agree with you. And I don't, I, I didn't even think, I mean, honestly, the, the, the mood out there is so much trending away from coaches like Babcock right now that the ones that are sticking around, like even the ones that are still like going like now, like uh, say Boudreaux, for example, coaches like that, they're, they're sort of seeing the writing on the wall too. Yeah, but, but Boudreaux has never been accused of being abusive toward his players. He, no, no, no. He's no. salty language. Well, I mean, even taking away the, even if we take away the abusive part of it, like I said, but I, I we talked about on the show. You guys thought he'd get a job next time he went through whatever before the abusive stuff came out. Even I just, I didn't. I'm not buying it because I just don't think he can. I think that there's a there's a lot of good young coaches coming up, and and there's definitely a move towards that right now. And um, well, I mean, at, what broke yesterday with Johan Franz and. Like we always heard that Babcock was tough on him. This yeah. is tough. This is cruel. Yeah. He's actually cruel. When you get to the point mentally where you don't want to show up at the rink and that's the thing that you love most in the world, right? You feel like you're depressed. That is an awful thing to, to have happen to a human being. And he and he also said the same thing um that other people have said about this situation, that this is the tip of the iceberg. That right. You know, you're just oh, hearing. No question about that. Right. So, this, you know, we better get used to it because this is going to be an ongoing story, and it's not just going to be these guys. These were the first, 
And the only thing that I'm concerned about is that like with any situation like this, some people could get in, get put into the mix that maybe don't deserve to be put into the mix. Um, you know, I know that some people, um, you know, the, uh, there have been coaches that have been mentioned and other commentators and former players saying, no, 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 that's not the case. He's a good guy. He treated me great. It's an individual thing. So, and the thing, the thing is, it's going to be a vetting process with all these coaches and all these players, because if there's a player out there that's throwing out accusations, I mean, you have to trust the person who's making the accusation to be able to, or, or at least verify, to be able to believe what they're saying is true. No, that's true. But I mean, it, it's really fascinating, you know, because it's like we talked about, like, I had, a, I had a story a while ago about, you know, is the NHL finally getting woke? Remember we talked about this with, um, yeah. yes, you know, and that was with, that was with Don Sherry, which honestly, this it doesn't it, even though he's not a coach or anything, like that it does feel like we're connect, it's all is connecting to, to it somehow. You know, like this whole thing of like of the old school versus the new school of yeah political correctness, correctness or whatever. What do you want to call it? And I, you know, versus you know just flat out abuse versus other things. You know, there's all different sorts of things there. And um, sports has been, you know, this is happening in hockey right now, but I can't freaking imagine what's going on in, 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 in the NFL. Like, I can't even think about it. Like, like to me that this, I think hockey, which is probably one of the kindest and gentlest sports out there, as far as the people I've dealt with, as far as coaches, and something like that. I mean, can you think of what's going on in football? You know, I mean, it's just, to me, this is the, this is the tip of the iceberg of sports in general. I mean, we, we can go back to like, you know, college football, Woody Hayes, like Mike brought him up. We can go up back to college basketball with um, the guy from Indiana, Bobby Knight. Well, I was going to say, you could go back to Bear Bryant, the Junction Boys, where right. he basically the stuff that he was doing, you know, is kind of the kind of stuff that would, that killed the, a guy like Corey Stringer uh, years yeah. later when Minnesota, with Minnesota, there were like du double workouts in 100 yeah. degree heat. Yeah. No so the NFL, actually, the NFL acted on it way before the NHL because right. they used to have a thing called two-a-days. They don't do that anymore. Right. Right. Beyond that, just the mental, mental abuse that goes on. You know, like I think that's that's the thing they have to even take further. You know, I'm sure there's some of it I don't see or hear about it, so I don't know. I mean, Bobby, Bobby, what was it? Was it was the player Neil Reed? I think it was Russ, the the one that he choked in a practice. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember the name. Yeah, of the Bobby Knight thing. That was yeah, that was terrible. Someone brought that up in the. Yeah, but I see the thing is, Bobby Knight did. Bobby Knight did that in public. Bobby Knight was throwing chairs across yeah. the, across the the court at referees. Yeah, that was that was a very public thing. It wasn't just the you know, the things that were being done in practice or in the locker room. That was it was public, but. That was, and not to say that that was acceptable, but people would say, "Oh, you know, okay, you know, he's so he's tough, but he's a winner." And everything. Oh, this, this culture starts like this starts down at the youth cult at the youth sports level. Honestly, yeah. the whole thing. Um, and I can t say, as, as I've been a coach of a, of a youth soccer team for many years, my daughter's team. I've always, I've been an assistant coach, and I've, I've had head coaches that have been two really, really, really good guys. And we didn't run this kind of climate, but we were around other people who. We were, we, we, you know, we had girls come from other teams because they were being, you know, really abused or things, not, not, not just mentally abused. Like they just like the things that were being said to them, the things that were being, how they, their confidence was just being shot, which when you look at like a teenage girl or whatever, or, you know, a preteen girl, it's just horrendous because I mean, sports is really about building confidence. That's what it's supposed yeah. to be about. Right. Yet, when you get to the higher levels of these sports, it becomes about 
you know, like making you hate, making the girls hate you or whatever, and being that kind of a coach and, and that, and that, you know, we see it even now, like with some of the high schools around here, because my team's kind of like an all-star team of the, um, of like three counties in this area, our soccer team, the girls, I hear their high school stories and they're horrible. And they come in and they're like, well, you know, those coaches got more out of me because they were nastier to me. And we, they would, we would, we thought I had this discussion and we said, well, listen, there's we're not something gonna... to be a disciplinarian, but then there's something to be cruel too. Not even disciplinarian though. I know. I mean, it's not like you're not, it's just, there's a cruelty aspect to it. That is, uh, is really, is really yeah. frightening. Well, and I don't, and uh, after this, we can, we should move on to hockey, real hockey stuff on, yeah. on the ice and some trade rumors, but, it, I don't know if any of either of you have seen the movie, and it's and it's not a sports movie, but in terms of the type of coach, um, the movie Whiplash, where a, a music coach is driving this a kid who's playing drums to the point of like, physically, verbally, mentally abusing him to get him to the point that we're you know to draw him out to be this virtuoso drummer. And it's like. That doesn't fly anymore. You cannot do this kind of stuff as a coach to you know you, you use every tactic that you can that is uh, you know motivational, but not to not to like uh, you know it's it's abuse. I mean the stuff that Johan Fr I, I brought this up to Russ yesterday. Thank God Johan Franzen had the. Uh, the uh, mental fortitude to survive what Babcock put him through. Yeah. God, God forbid it was somebody who was who was less formidable. We could be talking about a player committing suicide because. Oh, yeah. the no. And it, it happens already. I mean, it happens in high school. It happens in colleges. Stuff like that. Uh, you're right. I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy. I mean, Andy Strickland just posted three hours ago. I don't know if you saw this. This happened back in 2007 when Andy was with hockey buzz. Um, and you know, he was, he says, I was verbally attacked initially and intentionally intimidated by Mike Babcock outside the Red Wings dressing room in, in 2007, former Detroit video coach, Jay Woodcroft brought him to me, had me up against the wall while screaming and pointing in my face because of a story I'd written, you know, this mm. is like that, this kind of stuff, you know, I've seen it, I've seen it in different situations. I've seen yeah. it happen to other people. I, you know, it's amazing. And it is just, it's phenomenal that it, that it, that it's been allowed to go on this long and, and yet, you know, we still see this culture and people believe you have to be successful. You know, we talked many times about the whole idea here of, of you know, okay, we've got a, we've got a coach um, who his only method is to make the players hate him. And that's the way he's going to coach. And that's how he's going to make it work. And in order to make a team hate you, what you've got to do a lot of extreme things. And, you know, there's players, there's coaches like that out there still in the NHL right now. Tons of them. And I'm really surprised that, you know, I'm not surprised that this isn't going to come out more in the, in the forefront here. Um, now, uh, moving on here because yeah. I, I was at the I was at the Sabers uh, Devils game last night, Eck, and um, honestly, I'm surprised it's 1:30 right now. I'm surprised that John Hines has not been fired yet as Devils coach. I know Russ, Russ, we oh, Russ, they're going at it again tonight. Yeah, well, yeah. and, and you know, Russ and I talked about this yesterday. They had a horrible game against the Rangers on the weekend. They gave up a couple shorthanded goals last night. Um, Louis, they started Louis Domingue. He gave up three goals on five shots. They seemed completely unmotivated. Um, we noticed Taylor Hall being slotted in on the third line on, on a team that has trouble generating offense. So, I mean, something, you know, Jack Hughes is out injured. I saw him in the press box. Yeah. So right now this team is a, is a complete mess. Um, and 
I don't know whether they're waiting uh, to for some reason to fire Hines or if they're going to stick with him. But I think this has an effect on what you wrote about, which was the Taylor Hall stuff. And we, yeah. we talked about it a little bit yesterday, but um, well, there's a little bit of a chicken and egg there with Taylor Hall. You know, like, yeah. I mean, we're getting to that point now where I think the Taylor Hall thing is, is now that it's become apparent pretty much to everybody that Hall's not going to stay in New Jersey. Now at that point, and and with the team losing, it's really like a it's a, it's a death spiral. Like they're they're kind of in a spot where you can't get around. You know they can't get the motivation up. And then you know well, he loses hurt as well. It's really just a bad spot. Well, well, here here's where I think New Jersey is mildly screwed because Taylor Hall's agent is Darren Ferris. Yeah, Darren Ferris will never allow. Taylor Hall to sign an eight-year extension no matter where he's traded. He's going to hit the market and get the best return he possibly can. Unless he uh, goes, unless he goes to someplace he he signs off on and can get the same type of money that he would get as a free agent, uh, which would be an eight-year max deal at probably like 10 million bucks. And I don't see that scenario coming around. So that limits what the devils can get in a deal for Hall. They'll get a good return. Well, let's, let's for let's put for a second though. His aide, that is his agent. But you know, yeah. we got it. And this is the history we have with the agent is you know guys like um, Nylander, right? And no, no, Marner, 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 not Nylander, not Nylander. Nylander, somebody else. Marner. Um, I, I think it's hard. Sometimes hard to put put. And, and he is definitely one of these agents that likes. Oh, oh, it was Marner and Athena CU and and um, and um, Josh Anderson from Columbus. So is Pasternak not one of his? Or is Pasternak no, no. Are they the same agent? I'm not getting, getting things. No, uh, I think they're friends. I think they're. I mean, I know Nylander and Pasternak are friends, but I don't think Louis Gross is the same. Is there eight both of their agents? Or Pasternak are the same agent as one of these guys? Anyway, I know, I know that Nylander used Pasternak's amount as a benchmark. Maybe that's what I'm. Anyway, the point here is that um, you know, it, at the end of the day, even though he's a tough, tough ass agent, it depends on the kind of. The, what the, what the, what your your client is telling you to do? I mean, Hall is going to if Hall gets traded to a place where he wants to go and he wants to play there, he'll make that happen. You know, like the agent will make that happen too. I'm not I'm not in the feeling that Hall can be intimidated. Um, no, I agree, but but he's not signing a deal with anybody. He's going to free agency. No, I think he's going to free agency too, unless he gets yeah. traded to the place he wants to he wants to sign. I still, even then, I don't think he's going to sign a deal. Yeah, it's not it's not going to be like Mark Stone because remember, Mark Stone got traded. Right. Yeah. Uh, Ottawa got value. They didn't get the best value that they could, but they got value. And then he signed the deal the same day. So I don't think that's happening. I don't think yeah. that Darren Ferris is, is agreeing to a deal uh, for Hall before July. But let's, let's, the other thing is the other part of this act is yeah. Andy Vaughn also has to be traded. Like Wayne Simmons is going to be traded. He's not getting much. So we're going to leave Wayne Simmons out of it. Yeah. But Rotman is going to have to be traded, and he's their best defenseman this year. Yeah, and the the return that they get for Vatanen and for Hall is going to affect them for the next four to five years. Now, their future. Yeah. Now let's uh, Russ and I were you know we talked about this yesterday. We'll play we'll play a little game um, mm -hmm. because essentially use the Mark Stone deal as sort of a. Uh, yeah. a, a blueprint. Yeah. What what a team like say now for three or four teams, like say Colorado. If Colorado goes to New Jersey and says I want Taylor Hall, 
They, yeah. they, they can, there's no cap retention needed because Colorado has the cap space. Right. What, is, what is Colorado? You know, what is the minimum that Colorado is going to have to give up in a, in a deal for Hall? Well, I do think it, I, I do think the reason that um, one thing I've got to throw, and we'll play this game for sure, but I do think that the caveat that's be thrown is, is this is come, it's, we know long enough in advance that Hall is going to be traded. Yes, that, and Shiro, that Shiro, I believe, will give teams an opportunity to talk extension with him before the deal is made, and I think sure. that will change things a lot. Like, so that's that's why you have to say if if we're talking about no extension at all, okay, let's play this game under those under those terms because I do I do think at the end of the day, the extension talk will change things. But I think Colorado is a great team, great example because Colorado's a team that could trade out, trade for him without requiring extension because they feel like they're close enough with him to sure. win it all. Okay, so they have, and, and you know, Ratnan comes back and just tears it up, and, and yep. they're looking great again. So they they are there. So if, if it's Colorado, you know, for, but you know, some teams are different, but Colorado, so Nashville is another team that could possibly make do it without an well, extension. I don't think, I think they're at the point where they can't. Well, as, as you said, I think they shouldn't. Maybe that's a better answer. As you said, they would have to find somebody to take yeah. contract off their hands. And right. I think it's easier to, uh, to understand the impeachment hearings than it would be to get somebody to take Kyle Turris off the Nashville Predators' hands. I yeah. would think so, but the f- crazy thing about Kyle Turris is there is there is definitely a group of people out there that still believe in him. Um, I don't know why. Like I, I don't know well, why. I don't, I don't, know think, why I don't think there's a reason not to believe in him, but at the, with the price tag, right. then there's a reason to not want to trade for him. Well, let, let's see this. I think there are people out there who would still believe in Kyle Turris as a $3.5 million player not as a $6 million. Player. No, and I think this is the case where the Predators are going to have to keep right. salary, which they've never really been a, been a team that's done, right? But at the same time, Poyle also has never been a not aggressive. He's been a very aggressive GM. It's, and Poyle's probably traded more. This would be a good blog to write, but I'll give somebody else a chance to write it out there. But that Poyle's probably traded more money, more more salary cap than anybody else in the NHL. Mm-hmm. Right? When you think about it, Poyle has traded serious dollars um, around. Now – you know this. This. So I think that if he if he can move Torres and bring in Hall, I think he would do it. Now the the Stone deal was Brandstrom, yeah. Eric Brandstrom, a former first round pick who mm-hmm. you know we we talked about yesterday. He's either a grade A or a grade B plus prospect. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Oscar Lindbergh, who played twenty games for Ottawa and then went to Europe. So basically, he was they didn't a- know he was going to do that. Like he wasn't NHLer, a fringe NHLer. Right, but he was a, probably a salary dump because they had to clear space for Stone. Right. For last year and a twenty twenty second round pick. Now, I think that Ottawa, because they were basically in a position where they were going to lose him for nothing. Anyway, they were they're they were up against the wall. The the reason Shiro's talking deal right now is he wants to generate a market and there will be a market for Hall. So I think they'll get more than what Ottawa got for Stone. It's yeah, they will. so they, will. they probably shouldn't, but they will. Right. Give me one player, Stall or Hall. I would I mean Stone or Hall. I would be taking Stone every day. Right. But it's all it's all about it's all about the fact that Ottawa thought they could possibly re-sign Stone. They wanted to make him team captain. They waited until the 11th hour. They didn't play it the right way. Shiro knows yeah. Hall is gone. He's not going to get him signed to an extension. Sure. Let's make let's make a deal. If it's if it's Colorado, and we were talking about this, you're not getting Bowen Byram out of him. No. You're not getting you're not getting. I mean, I, I'm sorry. I have all the respect in the world for Kevin Paul Dupont, um, but he posted on uh, Twitter this morning. If you're Vancouver, would you give up 
Quinn Hughes or Pedersen in a deal for Taylor Hall. I mean, no. only if Jim Benning is is insane. Yeah, that's not happening. Kevin Paul Dupont is wrong on that. Yeah, so I mean, that's not the kind of return to now. Like I said, we said yesterday, um, you know, we're talking about uh, you know a Connor Timmons, maybe and maybe a first round pick and something else. But that's that's sort of the area. I think it would be more. I think it would be. Like I was saying just before on Sirius, like a Nikita Zadorov, like the rights to maybe sample Ronta, who's a good college player, and a conditional first. And yeah. I think I think they should be more worried about the players right. than they should be about the pick. Yeah. They would already have a high pick. Yeah. We need to get one player out of it and one who's close, or at least, you know, and by close, you know, if Ronta were to make it, it would be three, four years but at least that's closer than someone you're picking this year with their pick because you're going to be 30 somewhere between 28 and 31 on that. Exactly. So, so let, let's okay, so let's just quickly go through some of the teams that have been rumored and I can bring up my chart cuz I have do, that. Do it. So, bring it on here. Um, Cal, I mean Calgary was the team that's been mentioned. Um I see this is the thing. I don't I don't see a fit in terms of what Calgary could give up in terms of a good enough prospect on top of a draft, a tied draft pick to, to make that deal. I, I, you know, I mean, are we talking, you know, we're, I mean, Valamaki is coming off ACL surgery. They have a couple of good young defensemen like Shillington, but you know, we're, uh, he's not, I think he's sort of a, he is what he is. I think he's going to be a marginal, like five, six defenseman. I, I don't see where they would go in terms of Calgary to, to make that kind of deal. Uh, Vancouver. We've heard that one. I, I think, you know, Russ, you mentioned Vertanen. Yeah. I think Jake Vertanen would be a guy that if you were in Vancouver, you would look for, I think they would have to go conditional first as well. Yeah. And then, yeah, it would be some other prospect or another pick. But Bertanen, yeah. at least you could put in your lineup and at least say, all right, look, this guy can play in our top nine somewhere, you know, somewhere second, third line, probably third line. But maybe he makes Zaka better. Maybe that helps making the whole team better. Maybe you put him with Boquist. Like, at least there's something there where you say, all right, because Wayne Simmons is going to be gone, but Bertanen can still play that role. Right. True. Uh, when it when it comes to Nashville, um, yeah. you know now goal <laughs> goaltending wise, we know that I mean Mackenzie Blackwood is purportedly their future goalie. Uh, would they have interest in a in a in a Saros? Um, would they want Dante Fabro in the deal? Ellie Tolvanen. I mean, you know, there are some young. Yeah, I think those are the two that that especially Tolvanen, who is um, who they might believe you know could have. You know, Mika Ratnan could help him out a lot. You know, I think that would be something that they could, because L.A. Tovenin has been a really disappointment. Yeah, but is unquestionably okay. incredibly skilled player. You know what I mean? Like has like has skill. Well, he's a goal scorer. That he's a guy who yeah. can shoot, and he's a goal scorer. He never had to play defense in his life. He's coming around on that, but his point total isn't great in the NA, in the AHL. It's not. Yeah. Now, I, I, like a team, I, I, we've heard Arizona being thrown in there. Yeah. It would probably. It would probably have to be a Barrett Hayton. Sure. Something somewhere like they won't trade Hayton, but I think you could get next tier guys from them, but they won't trade Hayton. No way. Yeah. Um yeah. they might trade Phil Kessel. He's got four goals. No. 
I also I also had, believe it or not, Edmonton on the list. And this is what I had heard about this. Well, um, Edmonton, wait, wait, wait. Go ahead. You this say way. no. Go ahead. You say no, but but Kessel has played for Shiro before, and yeah. maybe it's not working out for Phil Kessel in Arizona. He's having a crap year. He's minus fourteen. Yeah, he's really on a good team. On a good team. That team is the best defensive team, like the best defensive team in the league right now. On a good team with a coach that he likes. Um, yeah. Now, now um, Edmonton, I would think Kaylor Yamamoto would have to be, or Pugliarvi would have to be in the in that deal. Yeah, I think either one. I think well, you they know, both would have to be in they that. Both would probably in the deal, which might not be a bad move for Jersey. I mean. The thing is that, you know, I've heard a couple things about Taylor Hall. One, obviously, you have a totally different GM there in, in Edmonton. Um, and two, you have a couple players in McDavid and Hopkins who, um, Nugent Hopkins, who both really um, want Taylor Hall back and have always. And they want him back. I don't think he wants I, to go back. No, I think he would go back. I do. Oh, I disagree. Really? I, I don't get that impression. I and I was just, even on Canadian radio, they disagree with that premise, too. They don't think he wants to go back either. Right now, the one, the one I think it doesn't mean it can't happen. But no, I, but I mean, who, who, how are they getting that information? I mean, where's that coming from? Because the people I'm talking to who are really close to him are definitely not saying that. That's well, I think, I think they're just going with the fact that he was pretty frustrated when he left. Yeah. Most times, when a player goes back to a place that they left, it's never the same. Right, and he, he the the time that he enjoyed himself the most in Edmonton was yeah. under was under Ralph Kruger as head coach for that right. for that 48 games that they and that and, and 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 Buffalo and Kruger have been mentioned regarding Hall it's a question question though regarding whether they could sign him long term and would they be willing to give up the assets now if they stay in the race like they are right now which I seriously doubt then they might be willing to do that but it would probably cost them a middle stat uh, and, and, a, and a high draft pick or a guy like a Sam Reinhart who yep. they may not want to spend the money on because he's an RFA next year. But, you know, at a certain point, they have to give Eichel some help. Um, they're putting Skinner on the second line. Their, their problem is he has to resign with them or it's yeah. not even well, and that, they, they need to have like every team now is showing you need to have this like double threat type connection you know like they need yeah. they a michael and they michael and hall that gives them that you know that gives them that right off the bat yeah puts them in the right spot the problem you know with having one like either just having one hall or eichel it doesn't have the same um brb's deadline date was december 1st it doesn't mean you can't trade him yeah you can trade his rights he you just can't play, play, this, in the NHL. play this year and uh, and and, and flamester flamester the thing is we may be at the point with the Devils, and we talked about this yesterday. We may be at the point with the Devils that they don't want help this year. That they, you know, that they're yeah, so they they're so far behind. They're, they probably are firing their coach that they want to be in the Alexis Lafreniere sweepstakes, and they're already in it. That they'll probably be battling with Detroit and Los Angeles for for positioning for the top pick. And you know they're gonna they're gonna sell off their you know they're not gonna sell off the guys like Coleman or Wood or yeah. Butcher who are under contract. Actually, they might sell off Wood. They might yeah. sell off Wood, but I'm saying they they probably gonna keep the younger you know they're gonna they're not gonna trade yeah. each year. They're not gonna trade Hughes, obviously. Um, they're, you know they're gonna keep you know, uh, uh, Will Butcher, but they'll they'll trade the, they'll they'll trade the guys who are expiring contracts, and they are not. 
doesn't look like they have any motivation to win I'll, right I'll now. I'll tell you why they shouldn't do that. Because right now, Zach is doing marginally better than before. He's here, just about on pace for last year, no better. Hughes starting to pick it up finally when he got top power play, when they finally, when Fitzgerald was saying, hey, you should do this with them. And yeah. they did. Yeah. But do you really want these guys finishing out the season on that kind of low when they're not getting better? They have to get better for the Devils to get better. Well, I'm, okay. And another great pick yeah. to that doesn't add to the development of these players or the team. Well, no, I mean, the, their player the, development stinks right now. They're going to give them the opportunity to play. I mean, obviously, but that's I mean, not enough. Well, yeah, I don't think it is either. I kind of agree with you. Um, I, I think that I think we're going to. I do think what's going to happen before the deadline. I do think that the trade will happen before that. I don't think they'll wait because they'll try to get something. The question. No, I agree with you on that. Yeah, I mean, and the, the question is, you know, what you can what you can get, you know, and it really does shift gears at some point to can you trade him to where he wants to go and where he can talk extension to can you trade him to a team that just thinks that they, they'll take him for the run and try to win it, you know? Well, that's the thing. All right, so, Eck, yeah. another reason I don't think he'll want to go to Edmonton is I don't think he's going to look at Edmonton and think, whoa, with me there, we're going to win the cup. Great. They may not make the playoffs still. I keep saying that, and people think I'm nuts. I think you I, want to go to a team like Colorado where you already see they're in playoff position, but they just need probably a little something. That's not Edmonton. I'm sorry. Imagine imagine Colorado, because Colorado may not have to give anything up off of their roster to get Hall. Imagine Colorado, when they're fully healthy, having the, the a number one line – of Landeskog, Ranton, and, and McKinnon, and then having a number two line with Taylor Hall and Nazem Kadri, with probably Burakovsky. That's right. insane. That is really good. And Mark, yeah. I'm not nuts. Believe me, I'll take the slings and arrows at the end of the year if the if the Oilers make the playoffs. But I'm telling you right now, that team is fatally flawed and could miss the playoffs. Mark my words. Um, they could. Everybody could. But you know, I, I just I, I don't see there any being any any. Anything that points towards that, you know, but you know, we're not well, going mean, to. I don't see them on a long playoff run. I don't. I mean, I think they're a playoff team now. Do I think they're going to finish first in the in the conference? I don't think that. I, I never really thought they were going to finish first in the conference, but I thought they. I thought they would. Even if they first. made an upgrade on defense, with the goaltending they have, even if you want to say Koskinen's better than we thought, I'll go with that for this premise and add another defenseman. And I still don't think they have enough. They need so much help. Right, and if they want to get out of the first round. That's what I'm saying. And you want to go to the conference final? They need a lot of help. And Boston may not be a fit. I mean, Boston's name has been out there. Boston may not be a fit simply because Hall's a left winger, and they're stacked on the left side. They need. Yeah, a, I don't know if that's going to happen. They need a. They need a right winger. And I mean that they brought in, you know, they and it's I, I don't know whether the who the best one out there, but Hall's a left winger, so I don't know if that fits. Yeah, I don't. I, Kind of, and I also think Boston has other, other avenues that to look towards. You know, no, I think a team like Calgary, if they knew Hall would sign with them long term, might trade Goudreau for, for Hall then. But yeah, that could happen. I mean, I, I think that I think so too. And and you know, I think that Hall would sign long term in Calgary. I mean, I think there's a chance, but I, again, I think if he looks at them, it's just slightly better than the Devils. That's all it is. And I think right now, Taylor Hall is going to look for more. He, he's going to try and do what Ray Bork and others have done and get on that team that looks like they're getting to the cup and he could just be a part of it. Yeah. I so, think that's what he's going to do with this, with this part of his free agent season coming up 
is to try and ride that because he's not had that in his career. Yeah. yeah. Now, you go to the playoffs. I think there's no question about that. Now we talked about this yesterday and, and uh, it, I, I thought there was a chance that this would happen, but uh, Keith Kincaid had been placed on waivers by Montreal. Um, they ended up calling up Caden Primo uh, from, you know, it doesn't sound like this is going to be a permanent thing. He may go down no, to Laval for two or three games, play, and then come back. But there was some question of whether Kincaid, with his history, and, you know, he played great two years ago, whether he'd get, get claimed by somebody. We know that there are a couple teams out there, including Toronto, who we would think are desperate for help at back yeah. goaltender. But the problem is, is that Kincaid makes a million seven five, and the Leafs could not afford – even if they were interested to, to claim him because that they wouldn't be able to fit him under the cap. And I was, Russ mentioned yesterday, um, the Blackhawks last night playing St. Louis, uh, Andrew Shaw and Dylan Strom were both out injured. Yep. They didn't have enough body. They, they played 17 skaters. Yeah. I know. They're not even good enough to do that, but they're hamstrung to the point but they had to do it and Keith yeah. out and Leonard's out and but, but but the thing is, Russ, this is a symptom of a greater problem because like Toronto, Mitch Marner is going to be back from his injury tomorrow. He's not playing tonight against Philadelphia. He'll be activated tomorrow. It's the minimum twenty-four days for long-term injury. But the greater problem is Cap management, isn't it? This is like you going to your dad every year to raise your allowance, and your dad looks at you one of those years yeah, and says, No. Yeah, I mean, that they, that they don't have enough money to sign a 1.75 uh, backup goalie is definitely their fault. I mean, that's. The yeah, no, they were they were more concerned about signing one of the best centers in the league for eleven million bucks, and they figured. Oh, no, I don't think it's the eleven million dollar player that counts in this situation. I think it's I think it's I think there's other players. We're looking at only one point seven five million dollars. I think you're looking at other players that they. Could you are have looking at other players. I agree with that. I mean, oh. I think the big players are going to get their money. It's it's the, the cap management comes in your third and fourth liners. That's where it comes in. Right, and, then, and, they, and, they, and they they waived Nick Shore today, and you know they're. But the thing is, once they activate Marner tomorrow. It, they have to get down to 21 players. They're going to be carrying, you know, the maximum is 23. They're going to be carrying 21 because they can't afford to carry 23. But I'm saying Chicago doing what they did, Calgary a few years ago, the Leafs having to penny pinch. I mean, we know where this is going. I was telling Ruck before uh, when we were talking about the show today, I'm like, you know where this is going. When the new CBA comes along, these teams are going to have a have have to have a compliance buyout again because they're all up against the cap. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I you would do it. Yeah, I mean, I would think so. I would like to have that happen, but I mean, I would like to, I would like to have it. I would like to be some way of clearing out all these cap issues. But the bottom, at the end of the day, the the problem is the cap didn't go up last year, and that still is killing teams. Where right, teams, but you can't like. Teams were planning for that, right? They were planning. Can't that. plan for that exactly. Yeah, they were. They were. They were. They were thinking that you know we have at least a couple million dollars more, because that's usually what happens, right? So, in yeah. this case, you know they didn't have that, and that that's the problem. So I think that you really can't. Um, it's a tough spot. You can't really plan for that. It, at the same time, you have to be able. You have to be able to find enough money to sign a, a goalie for that, that that little. If you're in Toronto, if you can get Kincaid, you should, and you sh you know you have a chance to. They should have gone for it, I think, but they didn't. They passed. He cleared through waivers. Right. I mean, again, there are other teams that could have used them too. And I just think this is the, the old boys network at work because Keith Kincaid is good enough that somebody would have picked him up. And I'm just shocked that they didn't. 
Yeah, I I knew Toronto wouldn't because of the the issue that we just talked about, but I thought somebody else might, and there were some teams out there that, you know, probably could have used a backup goaltender of his quality. Now the question is whether they think he's still quality, and and you know he. I did, think they do. I just think he didn't play. He didn't play great for New Jersey last year. They, they traded him to Columbus. He was the third string goalie. I don't think he played a game for them. Uh, you know, he, he was signed. Everybody thought that that was a good signing with Montreal. Here, here's a goaltender who could play 30 games behind Carey Price. Uh, he's one, one and three with a save percentage of 875 and a over four goals against. So, you know, this is not a permanent thing for them. It's sort of a shock wave, and they're you know they're they're trying to you know they're trying to shake out of a uh, eight game losing streak right now. So, I mean, I get I get that, but. You know, I mean, boys network. It is somebody could have used Keith Kincaid. They yeah. know he can play. They know what the defensive problems are in Montreal. Yeah. They didn't touch them because you know what? Teams are going to want to do stuff before Christmas as well with the with the waivers, and I think that's why they just let this one go. Yeah, or I mean, or they're really just trying to get a. They're trying to make somebody like like a team like Toronto. Would, end up trading somebody for him to like bring up you know, to move some, to get something for him. Well, um, and, and I made that argument yesterday. It was like, why would Mon Montreal is not going to go out of the way to help Toronto. They're ba They're battling with Toronto for a play. No, that's really true. There's really no reason they would. Yeah, are, are they going to retain, are they going to retain like say, say, say Toronto was at, we'll give you Michael Hutchinson for, you know, Hutchinson's down that we could send down Hutchinson down to the minors. You can bury the eight hundred thousand dollars, and we'll trade. We'll trade. We'll trade for Kincaid, uh, uh, but w you have to eat like four hundred thousand dollars to balance out the books. Why? I mean, why? Yeah, yeah. Montreal and Toronto don't even get sat near each other at the draft. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's not. I mean, that, there's absolutely no. Especially there's not at this point. It depends how close you get. There's I too mean, much history there. Yeah. If if if. if if the if the Canadians would absolutely fall out of the playoff race, which I don't think is going to happen, it would, could be possibly a little different. Oh, I don't know. They're on their way. They better do something quick because well, yeah, with all I mean, obviously, and I think they're one of the teams that will try and get Taylor Hall, and they do have some assets. So yeah. you know, and I think Hall, I think Hall would go there too. I, I've heard a lot. I've heard the Hall definitely wants to go to a Canadian team if possible. So, well, it increases visibility. Yeah, yeah. An it, would help his, it would help him for next year, right? For the yeah. summer. Yeah, but he wants to go to some place where he can play in the playoffs. Like you said, that's going to make a difference. Because if you if you don't get if you you know he's he's only going to a Canadian team if they're, if they're definitely making. Montreal could possibly sell him on it because of Carey Price. They're not that far out, and Claude Julian's a good coach. They might be able to sell him on that. It's a better sell than some of the other teams. Like it's probably even a better sell than Calgary because of their goalie. Yeah, and if yeah. a lot of compliance buyout talk in the chat room, if it isn't a compliance buyout, there has to be some mechanism for these teams to be able to get a, to wipe a, a salary off the books because they're. I mean, we're we're not talking one or two irresponsible teams like Toronto and Calgary or Chicago or whatever up against the the cap. We're talking about we're talking about ten to fifteen teams. Listen, if there's a compliance buyout in the chat room, I'm buying out Morella. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't, I don't, um, the compliance about is such a controversial thing and always has been among the, um, the, the, the not as wealthy teams because they sit, sit there and say, you know, if you're, if you're a wealthy team and you make those mistakes, you make those mistakes. And they, 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 I mean, not so wealthy teams will tell you that the only reason that they can't compete is because wealthy teams will make mistakes. Right. Uh, that's and, the end of the day. So, 
And Kyle Dubas made a mistake a year, a little over a year ago with placing McMacklaney on waivers, and he probably did it because that was one of the few things he could do to screw Babcock because him and Babcock were warring over the roster. So he did something for the wrong for the wrong reason. And I, I am this is my theory. This is not I, nothing I've ever heard. But I'm saying if that was the reason. And he believed in Garrett Sparks, so his judgment was off on Garrett Sparks because Garrett Sparks was a gas can. Um, now they've lost all seven of their starts with the backup goaltender in there. It could, if it continues to go on, it could cost them a playoff spot. And Dubas came out yesterday and said, "Well, I need the team in front of Michael Hutchinson to play better for him to win." I'm still. He gave him a vote of confidence. If he loses a couple more games. He's going to have to pay the price, even though if the price is uh, inflated, he's going to have yeah. to pay the price for a backup goaltender. Oh, no question. No question. <laughs> I wanted to talk to you a little bit uh, briefly about um, – I do have another uh, trade room. Before we get to that, the whole concept of um, of how bad exactly Detroit is right now. Um, and well, somebody, minus 53, we could start there. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's, a big, that's a big thing. I mean – if you put that in perspective, like, you know, we've seen how bad other teams have been, you know, over the past several years. Right. Um, the, uh, if, I, if I, I'm trying to remember it, but I think the, I was trying to look this up real fast and I got it was, as you guys are doing this. Here it is. So last year, the Ottawa Senators, what were their plus, were their minus? They were minus, I'll tell you right now. Okay. So the Oilers, the Kings last year were minus 61. The Ottawa Senators last year were minus 60 yeah. through 82 games. Um, you're looking at a team that's minus 50 through 30 games, mm -hmm. um, that's literally, you know, works out to like, you know, epic, well, like bad beyond anyone's imagination. Bad. Here, here is, here is the recipe for disaster when it comes to the Red Wings, three of their top four salaried forwards and their top two salaried defensemen are all either washed up, injured, mm -hmm. or vastly overpaid. Franz Nielsen, Abdul Kader, Helm, Green, and Trevor Daly. Yeah. They did nothing during the offseason. They signed Bernier as a backup. They signed Patrick Nemeth to a two-year contract, and they added one other play, Valtteri Filpola, who's hurt. Right. So they did nothing in free agency. They made no significant trades, and all Eiserman has done so far this year, and I agree with what he's doing. He's looking for bargains. He went and picked up Adam Ernie from Tampa. He picked up Fabry. He picked up Brendan Perlini. We know where they're going. They're going the direction that Buffalo did a few years ago with McDavid and Eichel. They're going the same direction that Toronto did with Matthews. They're tanking. Look, I, I, I can give you the best things that I saw the other day against Philly. So I'm in the, lo in the locker room, and Helen St. James asks um, Luke Glendening, you're minus 50, <laughs> the differential. What can you do to, to to fix this? And he's at a loss. Like, he doesn't want to tank. Yeah. He's a veteran that's got a lot of pride. Sure. I felt horrible for him because you could see the inner turmoil. So then Franz Nielsen comes out, and, and he's trying to think about it. But Franz Nielsen also knows he's not going to be traded and they can't do anything with his contract. Yeah. So whatever. He sort of has the, yeah, it's bad. It is. We should be better. We're all accountable. But wasn't sort of as bothered by it as Glenn Denning. And, and that's when it really hit me. So then I looked it up and Colorado in 16-17 was a minus 112. Right. And I think the Red Wings are going to be there because Green's yeah. going to be on. I think – and the other thing that really bugged me in that game – was they had Zadina on the third line. 
Right. Darren Helms still playing the second line. At some point, you have to have a changing of the guard and give this guy a chance to play with your better players to see what you've got. Yeah. And sticking with these veterans that aren't getting you anywhere anyhow. Yeah, but I, I don't think that's this year for them, Ross. I think what they're doing is they're purposely burying like the Leafs did in 2016. They buried Nealander, they buried Kapanen, they buried all these guys. That's that fine. You still don't want your players to not develop as a yeah. result. Yeah. Helm's going to do the same on the third line as he would on the second, but Zadina needs to play with skilled players. Right, yeah. but I don't, I don't think Zadina is going to be up there much longer. He's up there as a as a temporary plug. Right. He's he's going to go back to Grand Rapids and play with Valeno and play with Cider and play with all their young guys, and they're going to keep them there most of the year. They're not going to burn, you know, with some of them. They're not burning the first year of entry level. They're do, they're they're saving those kids from being part of one of the worst seasons in wings history. And this is a, this is an organization. Remember that in the seventies, they were a friggin' joke. I believe me. I, I lived through that because like my dad was a Detroit Red Wings fan and I was, um, you remember, remember, the good, remember the good old days, Russ, uh, an act of, of Johnny O'Grodnick and Mike Blake. Oh, yeah. No, I remember, um, Willie Huber, that, yeah, like, how excited my dad was when, um, when like Draper came into the lineup, you know, like, yeah, I mean, back that, that that I mean that that was like how things were desperate, and and then of course getting Eiserman was such an enormous deal. But then Eiserman, yeah. remember in the first couple of years, even he had trouble there. They weren't any good with him there either. He was a young captain, sure. Right. I mean, but, right, but I mean, I'm t I'm talking even before that, like you know the yeah. Nick, the Nick Libet, Ron Stackhouse, Jim Rutherford years, the mid oh, mid seventies. Yeah, those were the hard ones. I mean, my dad, my dad, my memories of my dad were him listening on like to um. Dale McCourt and Mike Felino, and then they get traded for a bunch of old guys like Danny Gare and Jim Schoenfeld. I oh, yeah. agree with Steve Eisenman on one thing. He said it's a five-year rebuild. It's it's a five-year rebuild. Yeah, five-year rebuild. He's not he's not lying. And you know what? He is using the gravitas and the and the and the respect and the Hall of Fame yeah. uh, credentials that he has. Yes. He has a shield which will last about yeah. three years. It'll yeah. last three years to yeah, carry, it's them, to it's carry them through this yeah. crap. Exactly. It's I mean, Holland got out. At, Holland knew what he was doing. Put it that way. Ken Holland knew what he was well, doing. Well, it was uh, it was partially partially of his making. Yes. Yeah, no, I think so too. But I, I mean, part of that too was that team just did manage to continue to be better than they should have been for a while. Yeah. You know? And they that was because they had some they had some gutsy players on there too, and they did. You know, and they had a coach who was you know they they had all that stuff. So I don't know. That's an interesting one. It's a I can't, you know, I can't wait to see how they're doing. I mean, talking about the Sabers though, with Eichel and 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 what Eichel has done lately, though, he people just quietly have realized how well Eichel's playing lately. Though, Mike, I mean, he's tearing it up. He's playing. He's playing fantastic. But I, but I, ha I have to, I have to caution Saber fans. And I, I had a discussion with with Mike Harrington in the press box yesterday, where I says people do realize that if the Sabers played the Leafs eighty two times they would be considered a Stanley Cup contender because they play so much better against the Leafs than everybody else. They, you know, they've gone two, two Oh and one in the last three games, but it was back to back against Toronto and against New Jersey, who they destroyed on, on opening night for, and now what did they, what did they do in the 13 games before that? They went two, eight and three. So they're going out on a West coast trip, Calgary, Vancouver, Edmonton, Let's see what they do in that, and then when they come back, they face the Stanley Cup champion Blues. So there could be a correction pretty quickly. No doubt, 
Eichel's having a great year. Um, you know, they're getting more contributions from guys like Olsen. Reinhardt's having an okay year. Skinner's not doing as well as he did last year, but he's doing okay. Um, but overall, they haven't been getting a lot of depth scoring. They have been recently, like guys like Sheary and, and, and VC have stepped up. I'm still very skeptical. I don't think the Sabres are a playoff team. I, I have um, breaking news. Go yeah. ahead. Uh, Matt Stage and retired. I saw that too. I was going to bring that I up. A regular scheduling program. <laughs> that is like a, that. That is like one of the guys though, probably who was in the top hundred of Hockey Buzz rumor players over the years. <laughs> Matt Stage they've been traded and and rumor, or rumored to be traded many 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 times. Matt Stage who was traded in the Dion Phaneuf deal. Yes. Yes. Let's not forget that Matt Stage who was people. Uh, so Patrick James uh, um, Nolan Patrick has come out actually and talked today, Russ. Oh, what did he say? Yeah, so he says he expects to play this season. He um, uh, he talked to Kimmelman. Right. Um, he said it's obviously frustrating when it's not an injury where you're going to be back in six weeks. Patrick said today, "There's no timeline to it. Obviously, I'm hoping to get back soon, and I believe I'll play this year. That's something I'm trying to stick with. Not a very resounding. It doesn't really make fans warm and fuzzy. Yet. Everyone, I know every one of those quotes is um, you know, I'm trying to obviously, hopefully, this will probably, I think." Quotes. Yeah, I mean, he's not even practicing with contact. Right, that's true. Uh, so he says, obviously, you is more from Patrick. Obviously, you have to have a baseline of how much you can do. If and if I feel good doing that for a week, that'll elevate a little bit more. There's obviously a place, a plan in place that, but basically, I just off how I feel. The strength coaches and the training staff try to put together a program for me, but I, like I said before, at the end of the day, it's how I'm feeling. I'm not feeling that great. We'll just pump the brakes a little bit. I'm just trying to put together more good days in a row than bad. I think we need I to. Feel bad. I feel bad, but you see how it says Russ is skeptical, Cohen. I'm skeptical that he's going to play this year. Yeah, no, I mean, I, 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 am skeptical that they would even that they would even let him play this year. I'm going to throw that out there because I think that if I'm if I'm the Flyers, there's just absolutely no point. You forgot a word there. It's Russ is always skeptical. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Vino comes in with not even much more resounding optimism. He says he is progressing. He's doing more off-ice workouts, and he's skating a little bit more on his own. Hopefully, that's a positive sign. Hopefully, that's all I can really tell you. I don't know much more than that. That's you know the what that reminds me of when Carey Price was skating for weeks, and we knew he was never coming back. Yeah, remember, like we would get the the videos of Carey Price skating alone. Those sad videos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Carey Price update. Yes. Right. Yeah, the like Carey Price like standing in his crease with just a waffle and a glove on. Yeah. Yeah, breaking, breaking news: Kerry Price just went to the bathroom. Film at eleven. Yeah, um, I, mean, I don't mean to make light of it. It's tough for the. No, it's a horrible situation. But I and, and it reminds. I mean, Flyers fans. It reminds them of the Larry Lindros sagas, of course, in many years. Oh, where, yeah. you know, there were situations where you know, of course, that was Eric Lindros, which is the most important player of the team at the time. Patrick is still a young player. Patrick's still young enough that this could absolutely be a good idea for him not to play this year although you got it you know he's going to have to stay in shape i think the big issue is just ch staying in shape and not losing his edge at all which is going to be really hard coming off this hey more breaking news john moore is back on the uh bruins i know everybody's waiting for that <laughs> really come on they were gonna they're gonna break in on cnn for that one <laughs> yeah that's tricky um all right so of all the teams in the NHL, I'll leave with this guy today because this is pretty fun. Um, of all the teams in the NHL, there of all the teams in sports, okay, every 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 sports team, colleges, college, pro, you know, I guess little league, whatever you want to say. <laughs> okay. All the teams in sports, um, you know, there there was a survey that just came out recently, which is the most popular team, sports team in every state in the country, and the NHL had one of them. 
Who is it? Can you say it one more time? I'm okay, sorry. so most popular team in each state. Um, right. the most popular sports team. For example, New York State, the Yankees. Um, right. uh, Vegas Golden Knights for Nevada. That would be it. The Vegas Golden Knights, the only team, the only NHL team on this list. It's pretty – I'll show you this. It's pretty cool. I like this. I saw this on um, – makes sense. I mean, we'll see if that's the case next year when the Raiders are there. Yeah, because they were battling the UNLV running Rebels. Right. <laughs> right. Here's the uh, – Maybe the XFL, Mike. We're not sure. I don't know if they have a team. Here you have the most popular teams – from each state, you know, um, and it has funny because it's the Steelers are more popular in Pennsylvania than the Eagles are, which I would not have guessed, but I guess that's uh, well, Super Bowls mean something. Yeah, but population does too. I mean, the population base of Philadelphia is way higher than the population base of Pittsburgh. I don't know. There's a lot of Carson Wentz bashing. I, I don't believe, well, I guess, I mean, I guess only because it's recent that the Nationals are ahead of the Capitals, but honestly, they're not. Yeah, pe people in New Mexico got to get a life. I mean, my God, they're, they're rooting for the Cowboys. They're rooting for the Cowboys there, yep. How about the um, how about the run, how about the Lobos? Come on. Yeah. Arizona, Arizona, like they just have nothing. <laughs> no, I know. They're you know, they're just uh it's just hilarious. I, mean, I always could steal that market. They could, they could steal that market, I know. But no, I'm trying I'm because uh, it's a small picture. Yeah, what, yeah, is that the Memphis Grizzlies being the most yeah, I think so. Yeah. I can in zoom Montana, in here. Montana? Is that or no, that would be no in Montana. That's the um, I, I'm guessing that's is that the that's North Dakota? Would it be North Dakota University? North, no, that's not. Who is, is it that? Gonzaga? Could it be Gonzaga? It'd be Gonzaga, probably. I bet it is. Really sad is that in Michigan, the University of Michigan is number one. I know the Missoula Muckrakers are not the uh, no, think about that. Detroit Red Wings, Detroit Pistons, Detroit Tigers. That's South Dakota. That, that's um, that's not Lions, but you know what I'm saying. It's oh, yeah, yeah, that would not be, yeah, what, what state is that? And, and Tennessee has no popular team, or is that ten? Oh, that's the tennis. Okay, sorry. That, that would be the University of Tennessee. White. I didn't see the T in the middle of it. <laughs> right. So Montana is the Grizzlies. I think. I, hold I, on. I'm going to call foul here. Yeah. Now you're trying to tell me at this moment the Cardinals are still more popular than the Blues? Oh no, questions asked. That's not even close. Come on. No, it's not even close. There's the, yeah, the, the Cardinals are enormous. Right. I, mean, I know. The Cardinals won have won I think twelve World Series. They love they love their Cardinals. It doesn't it's like to me. Yeah. That one World Series. God forbid Mike ever root for a team that doesn't win a World Series. Yeah, I would bet the Cardinals are more popular than the Kansas City. What can I say, Russ? I'm a winner. <laughs> I, I'm 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 surprised the Cardinals don't reach into Kansas there um as well. Or down to what would that be? Um Arkansas. Arkansas, yeah, where the Razorbacks are. I mean, I, that, that, Kansas, yeah. They are just ignoring, they are so big in that. I, you know, I, I pity Chicago at this point. I mean, the Blackhawks really should be ahead of the Cubs, but yeah. like, it's a toss up. It's like, yeah. Come no, on, Russ, Absolutely. Cubs were more popular when they blew. I know, I know. So, okay. who's that Wisconsin? Who's that, like, next to the Cubs? Would that be. That's Green Bay Packers. Green Bay no, Packers. No, 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 I'm not sorry, not Wisconsin. Um, so to the Indianapolis, it's the Colts. If it's Iowa, that's the Iowa Hawkeyes. It's Iowa Hawkeyes, that's what it is. Yeah, there you go. Ohio yeah. is Ohio State University. Like I get that one. The Eagles only have Delaware. That's all they own. Um, <laughs> that's that's what you went on this thing on this list. And the 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 Yankees own New Jersey as well. Of course they should. And yeah, that's a tough one with the Yankees. Like. The Giants probably are ahead of the Yankees in New Jersey. I think that's a. I think that's wrong. I, I'm, you know, uh, yeah. I mean, the North Jersey is the Yankees owning Long Island. I'm going to tell you that's false. There's not as many Yankee fans on Long Island. Well, this is by state, so it's not. 
This is like a, you know. I, I will tell you, Russ, that the, that the whole state thing. The Yankees are the most popular team in Buffalo, in Western New York. How about this? Yeah. How about the Seahawks being the, being the uh, most popular thing in Alaska? Pretty interesting. Yeah. I mean, I the Seahawks spread all the way to Canada, too. Yeah, I mean, just the Seahawks. I mean, just you know, it's, I guess they're the, they're the closest NFL team, but it's still like fifteen hundred miles. So you're talking about like a big difference between you know the the, the distance between it's, Washington it's, State and Alaska. It's the closest team. What can you say? Yeah, it's really I mean, the fact that Minnesota. It's still the Vikings is a little sad too. I mean, they're a decent team. Don't get me wrong, but like they've never won a Super Bowl. And in South Dakota, Minnesota is the biggest one too. Like, hold on, hold on. Like they've never won a Super Bowl. At least the Twins have won it. That's true. Yeah. Well, sometimes the Lakers won the championship, didn't they? Come on, wake yeah. up over there. Yeah. I mean, to me, the Indianapolis thing is pretty funny with the Colts because that, that that's kind of like that's really a that's really a state where I would have expected Indiana basketball to win it. That's where I would have thought that that was like the biggest thing. In the Dodgers haven't won the World Series in forever. Are you right now telling me at this moment the Dodgers are more popular than the Lakers? No. I Way I'm surprised. Right. I'm surprised it wasn't the Golden State Warriors, right? But it, it, yeah. if nothing else, it's going to be the Lakers with LeBron. There's no way the Dodgers are more popular right now, this moment. Yeah, yeah well, they're basing this on Google Trends and survey data. There you have it. All right, that's all the time we have for today. <laughs> um, we'll be back to uh, Flyers Leafs tonight. That'll be kind of fun. We'll talk that's about that. Two good two uh, teams that are playing pretty well right now. This young Sheldon comes to town. Remember, without the buzz, it is just hockey. We will talk to you 